Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And the Bulldog. Uh oh, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Monday, Tuesday, hump day is halfway. It's Mike Shope. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> and the Bulldog. Hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Guess what today is? It's hump day. Woo-hoo! On WGR. Hump day. Sports Radio 550. Love it. So there is another new youngest NFL head coach, the second of the month, as Zach just went over, Mike McDonald. Small D, by the way, a the name, M-A-C, small D, McDonald, right? So we've got McDermott, you've got McDaniel. We I'm had gonna, McDaniels. I'm just going to go ahead and say we cannot have Josh McDaniels back in the league. No. At, at least for a year. I, I just need – at least – well, I mean, as a head coach, I mean, that's that's not going to happen anyway uh, unless he suddenly gets the Washington job out of nowhere. Could – wait, uh, wait, wait. Are, are you sure you want to rule that out? <laughs> no, I guess I shouldn't. Uh, I guess I shouldn't. But I, I'm hardcore rooting against it because I can't – I can't handle all these all these MACDs. It's going to be too much. It's like too I much. just got like this year I confidently got my brain around Mike McDaniel and Josh McDaniels. And now like McDonald and I never even really thought about McDermott. It's just it's too much. It is too much. Just get out of here Josh McDaniel and McDaniels and your visor just hit the road. He did. I just I saw him today at uh, Target. All right. He works there now. I saw him. Mike McDonald is the youngest, the new youngest coach in the NFL. Jared or Gerard, I think it's Gerard, right? Gerard yes. Mayo is the second youngest. Uh, you know who the third youngest is? Still McVeigh. Yes. Oh, I thought that would be harder. Yeah, I'm. You know, I was on the 
I was on the X, as you like to call it. X. Today, so I, uh, <laughs> you saw that on so, X? So I, so I, I did, I did so see that. So stupid. Yeah, yeah and, and Mike McDonald is, I think, exact, well, I don't know about exact, exactly would mean they have the same birthday, but he, he's half of Pete Carroll's age. Carroll was 72, mm-hmm. and McDonald is 36. Mm-hmm. That is half of 72, right? Uh, it still is. They haven't yeah, changed good. it. All right. How many, so 32 teams, 31 head coaches, Washington's, Opening remains. How many NFL head coaches at the moment are 40 or younger? Nine. Nine. It's a pretty significant shift. Jonathan Gannon, Arizona, turned 41 earlier this month. Mike McDaniel is 40. Zach Taylor. D'Amico Ryans, Brian Callahan in Tennessee, new hire in Tennessee, Shane Steichen, Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota, McVay, Mayo, McDonald. Antonio Pierce is 45. I would have thought maybe he was younger, 45. Bulldog, uh, will you divulge your age? I am 58 years old. Do you know how many NFL head coaches are older than that? Three. Six. Okay. Both Harbaugh's. Are older than you. Okay. Andy Reid is the new oldest coach in the league with Belichick leaving and Pete Carroll. Andy Reid is 65. I guess root for Kansas City if you think there's some chance he and or Travis Kelsey will quit the game if they win. I don't know. That is that would, something? That would be pretty awesome. That's sure. very familiar to the Patriot years, <laughs> the drought right, years. Just right. Please leave. <laughs> you know? like Enough Bel- already. The, yeah. Brady's like 32 and Belichick, oh, he's 60 or something. It's time to go. Go get, go. Get on a, a boat and enjoy your life. They just would not. Re- they refuse to leave. Even still, Brady has left reluctantly. Belichick wants back in. It's just never enough for some people. Andy Reid, John Harbaugh, Mike McCarthy is 60. Todd Bowles is 60. Jim Harbaugh is 60. That's a weird one for me because like, I think of him as a player. Yeah. But yeah. it's a long, it's, you know, that... Indianapolis yeah. Pittsburgh game was almost thirty years ago, so <laughs> it's, a long, it's a long time they're, ago now. They're yeah. going by, and then Sean Payton is older than you, and that's it. Six NFL head coaches are older than fifty-eight. Man, that, that's different, right? Is that different from? It, it sure does. I mean, I, I don't, I don't oh. have this memorized, but it, it. I think the under forty is or forty or younger. Definitely is new, I, I think. Yeah, nine. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Before McVeigh, maybe like ha, how many how many coaches in the history of the league did you have that were under forty? Right. I, I'll bet it's I'll bet it's single digits. I agree. Um, it might be I mean, like it might be like English royalty, where like in the very early days of football, somebody died and like their little kid son took over. <laughs> So, like, there might have been a coach of the Detroit Lions or the the the, the Pittsburgh Eagles Steelers oh, combination oh, was like okay. eight. Sure, but but like in our lifetimes, I'll bet there's under ten head coaches prior to now. Like, not counting the guys now, but like, you know, maybe when McVay started uh, back mm-hmm, through mm-hmm. our lives, uh, I'll bet there's I'll bet there's five, maybe. I think you're right. I would love to know. I think you're right. Yeah, in the Hundred Years' War, like the King of England was eight, and the King of France was like five or something. I mean, they, they're both countries warring with each other. Were their uh, the kings of their respective countries were yeah. like 
12 or younger. But that, that, that can happen. That can happen well, in uh, that, royalty. Well, at that point in history, I think, really, that, that was almost middle age because like, life expectancy <laughs> was only like 18. That's so, right. So. That's right. They both had beards. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, gone are the, I mean, the, young, the younger guys and, and the they never played even guys. Uh, at least not like you know at a high level. Uh, I, I think like the door is open, and that did not used to be the case. You used to have to demonstrate that you belonged, and that meant the paying your dues and coming up through the ranks. And now it's like if you can demonstrate that you can do, especially on offense. But you know you've got another defensive hire today that it seems like a lot of people are very excited about. And this McDonald did a great job in Baltimore. Um, now, if you if you show that you can scheme it up and coach it up, and you're in college, you're getting a look at a coordinator position in the NFL, or you're already on a staff as a as an a, you know an assistant to an assistant coach or something, and like the pathway is has never been more available to you. Like you, you just you don't have to wait until you're well fifty. No, that's right. But I still think the Hiring of defensive coordinators is is highly questionable. I mean, did we run out of offensive guys? Or is it that we have to have these defensive coaches? I mean, we'll see what happens. Sean McDermott is some example of how it can work. Just, for the most part, leave the offense alone. And we can, you know, forever debate just to what extent that is the case with the Bills. But, for the most part, leave the offense uh, alone. Um... It's mostly true, at least here. And so then what's the big deal except when your offense, your team probably would be the same thing, is excellent and then your coordinator is highly coveted and leaves. Really, Dable, though, is the only one. I mean, he's the he's the one in seven years to get that opportunity for as good as the Bills have been. I mean, it was three years of him, if not four. And then Dorsey ended up, I mean, he's he took a parallel job after being fired here. Brady is still here. So it's not like it happens all the time. That's right. And that, that I think, <clears throat> is the only reason to prefer the offensive coach to the defensive coach. I mean, provided you have faith that your defensive coach and your, your front office, your GM, whoever else is involved in the hiring process, can vet and, and you know, know what to look for and hire someone who's going to be innovative and, you know, good on offense, you know, then really all you got to do is, is worry about them nailing that. And I don't know, like McDermott's done a pretty good job of that, I'd, I'd say. Certainly Dayball was a home run. Um, you know, Dorsey, you know, mixed bag, mostly scapegoated uh, in the end. And, and I hope Joe, I hope Joe Brady enjoys the ride here while people love him, because once we get like four games in next season and there's maybe one bad one or even if there's not, uh, you know, he's going to become one of the least popular people in town, probably because it just happens like it was happening to Dayball here. It doesn't. It doesn't matter who, who you are or how good it seems to be going. You're gonna get it uh, because it, it just is. It's it's for sport almost. It seems like so. Like I I, I appreciate that because I'd rather have that stability. Like you know, Andy Reid in Kansas City is the is is the envy of 
well, for me anyway, I'm, I'm envious because that is a stability that I, I just we're not going to have with Sean McDermott as the coach. But, you know, it doesn't have to be tumultuous. I am very uh, curious, and I think this is a lot of fans, to see what is different about the Bills' roster on offense before we get to all of that, before we get to week one, before we get to training camp. Mm-hmm. Because there remains some uncertainty, I think, you might disagree, about why the Bills ended up shifting so dramatically from Dorsey to Brady in terms of their pass-run ratio. Like, it was always a big story, just like week after week, with the season pretty much on the line the whole time. And then in the playoffs, through the playoffs, they were a run-first team, which came out of nowhere almost. And it's not like James Cook... I mean, it's my opinion again, but it's not like James Cook is so good that they just had to feed James Cook. They still had Diggs. They still had Davis until the playoffs and Kincaid and even Shakir, and it was still just James Cook. Like, they just directly veered toward that. And so why did they do that? Was it they felt out of necessity to win games? Was it philosophical, I think, Myself, that's more McDermott for me, that here was a coaching change. It's got to be different now. Let's run the ball. But what happens to the roster will have, of course, some important role in what we all think they should do this year coming up. Yeah, if they don't find their way, excuse me, if they don't find their way to a, a receiver or two, who can absolutely, I mean, one more than the other. They definitely need one player at that position that will have an impact, right? Like that's going to be on the field for 70% of the snaps or more even. Like Davis, replacing Davis is something they're going to need to do. So they're going to need to find that player. Maybe that's, you know, a scratch and dent one-year receiver reestablished type deal. Um, Or maybe that's a draft pick. And if they... You know, if they hit on that, then I'm reasonably confident that from the way they sounded after the season, that they'll get back to being, you know, what they've been most of the last four seasons with the tail end of this year excluded. But if they if they if they make those choices and try to find those players, but it doesn't work, then you might see more of what we saw at the end of this year if they don't find their way to those guys at all, which, I mean, I think might even be considered a disaster at this early point, then, you know, again, you might see more of the same. I don't know for certain why they shifted. I mean, I suspect that it was personnel-related on both sides of the ball, right? My defense is compromised by injury. I want to protect it. So, you know, eat clock. Really, the Kansas City game is the is the example of that. Like, that's how they handled that game. Even their passing game was safe throws at or behind the line of scrimmage, higher completion percentage, keep the clock moving, you know, glorified handoff type stuff. Um, so, but, I, but I'm not certain that that's why they did it, but I strongly suspect it. And I and I'm and I'm also hopeful that I'm right about that because I still think this team's ticket to winning the Super Bowl is Josh Allen, you know, playing like Josh Allen uh, can play, not managing the game. Like I I don't I don't really want to live in a world where I'm asking him to do less and less. I mean I like taking some of the load off of him, 
but I don't I don't need it to the extent that it was at the end of this year. I, I I've got I've got that gun. I want to shoot it. Well, this doesn't really need to be uh, <laughs> have much time spent on it, but like each one of these years, you sit here when it's over. And if it's Kansas City or even if it's Cincinnati, try to figure out, like, what you're missing. And I don't know what that is, right? Because I think maybe last year the thing that might have been missing was playing them at home. And then the Bills did, and they lost anyway. Um, It could have been said. I'm sure lots of people said it. I know a lot of people said it. Be a better team on the ground. Sean McDermott even said it. They were, and they lost anyway. Defensively, what do you want to be differently on defensively? You're going to be younger, uh, but you're already pretty good. I mean, the Bills' defense has been excellent for a span of years, something that I just kind of think is probably almost impossible. You know, they've, They had a great five-year run. doesn't have to end, but what do you want to be? I mean, Patrick Mahomes, right? What do you want to do about that? All the past edge rushers, even Von Miller, maybe one of the best ever, didn't, you, you, you didn't win. So it's going to be hard to name, like, what is it mm-hmm. then this year that you're talking about upping the pass rate again and having weapons. I don't know how how likely it is that the Bills will really do that in a way that sort of satisfies us. They could spend a first-round pick on a wide receiver. It'll be Kincaid in year two, fine. It'll be Diggs, you know, let's not assume regression, fine. Shakir in the slot, fine. How much better are they? Do they look than they were? If you replace Gabriel Davis with Troy Franklin, I mean, as a rookie, it really depends on what that rookie is capable of and how fast, like how, how soon that hits. No, that's right. But we'll have no idea. No, of course, we'll have no idea. You know, we won't be able to. I think mostly sit here and go like, okay, we're we're good. You know, it'll just. I think at best look maybe the same, and that's what's really kind of depressing about how this ended was how how good will you feel about it looking the same if it even does you know well i think the 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 defense i feel like if i get really it's it's largely about milano i mean bernard was only hurt at the end um like i i don't know that i'm ready to count on tredavious white in any way like i feel like that's going to be a huge question i i wanted to work my way into a point here where i would say like the defense just being healthy might offset the departures to an extent of Hyde and Poyer, say, if, if Poyer indeed ends up leaving um, and whatever I'm losing up front. But that's, that's, a, that's, that's, a, faulty, that's a faulty case. So I'm, I'm st- I, I, can't, I can't go there. Really, it's Milano that you're counting on being back and at a high level. Paired with Bernard, again, you only lost him at the end. I don't know. They, they they have a lot of work to do, I think, is, is, is what I think is fair to say. They have a lot of work to do, and there may be, because of that, a lot of uh, debate about what they do at the top end of the draft. As, as hot and bothered as a lot of us are about getting a receiver and even how they sound about it, they uh, there's going to be a case to be made for either tackle or end spot on the line, maybe safety even. Um, and I don't know, I, I corner, I, I'm not as worried about with Douglas here and, and Benford, uh, you know, provided they can maybe hang on to Dane Jackson, whatever. Um, but there's, there's going to be a lot of 
other areas that you can make a case for that they they need help in. Because, again, free agency, I just can't foresee them landing someone that's a meter mover. You know, they've done a nice job of finding, like, Daquan Jones was just one of those guys that they grabbed, along with, you know, uh, Jordan Phillips and, and, and players like that, but he hit. And but now his contract's up, so you got to do you got to find you know, find your way to more guys like that. But like Jones was like Settle or Phillips coming in, and it turned out he was he separated. Like he's a different and more important, and therefore probably going to be a much more expensive player than you know the guys you sign for a million or two million for a single year. My advice is to not obsess about this. Like, will they find a new Trey White, say so to speak? Maybe the odds aren't great. They've had a very good track record of the players, including quintessentially Milano or or Daquan Jones, who was a veteran in the league. But, you know, just guys that maybe you would not have wanted to assume would be elite players that were. And so, you know, Milano is another example for me of, I mean, he was on the field every snap of 13 seconds and they got torched. Like Kelsey torched them. I mean, Edmonds, too. It wasn't just him. It's just like how can I how can I ex- expect Milano, who's up getting up there off that injury, to be like a difference maker when it comes to Kansas City? I've already lost to them, you know, with him and with mostly the team I have. So what you what you've got to this won't be easy or comfortable. What you've got to sort of lean lean on is how Ross was talking yesterday about the Bills and the Ravens, which is no one really wants to hear it, but how close the games were, you certainly can't assume you would lose the next time. Although, some people will, right? Like, sure. if if you have the same team, I kind of hope for the Bills that they have the same team, you know, in terms of overall quality mm-hmm. next year, because I don't think that that will be easily attained. Yeah, no, I would I would take that right now. You know, some some equivalent to Davis, maybe there's a more growth potential, more talent, mm-hmm. Um and what, whatever, with Milano or Trey White or the defensive line just kind of hoping to be as good and then take it from there, whatever that means. Does that mean 11 wins? Does that mean the two seed? You know, you would take both of those things right now. Yes, I would. Yes. I think this – because this is – this year, it – last year was – Oh, this is another opportunity gone by. It's getting close to maybe the end for some of these guys, and now this year that's that's really taking hold, right? And and some it, you know that's aging out. That's contracts that are up, and considering that you're up against it, uh, as far as like salary cap room, it's just it's it's the hardest year ever to imagine them putting a comparable to a, a division-winning two-seed in the conference on the field again for the coming season. So I would absolutely sign for that. As much as I want, you know, made the point here about how, how badly I think it hurt the Bills that they had to go hard in Week 18 and play a wild-card game. I mean, they got annihilated by injuries in those two games. And that definitely, I think, impacted their chances in the divisional round Right now, I would I would take I would take a repeat of that because I just think it's going to be hard for them to rate as favorably, maybe especially on defense as they have. We'll see. Maybe McDermott, you know, can just he worked he worked he worked some magic this year 
before the the tail end here when you know AJ Klein had to chase Travis Kelsey around in a playoff game. Um, so maybe he can you know patchwork rookies, you know young veterans that don't cost a lot, whatever. Maybe they can find their way to guys that that he can scheme up and coach up and. You know, Bobby Babbage, work your magic, brother. <laughs> he's, he's produced good results with individual players at the positions he's been coaching. 803-0550 to join us, talking the Bills and their future. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog. Jeremy Kahn out of Baltimore joins us at four on the Ravens. We'll just, you know, hugs all around with the, Ra- the, Ra- the Bills and the Ravens. Just, you know, relatable uh, le- uh, style or levels of pain here. We'll take a break and look for your calls right after this. This is WGR. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.